As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Hi, everyone. Welcome to episode 218 of the Professional Book Nerds podcast presented by Overdrive. This is Jill. Hi, Adam. Hello. Hi. How's it going? Good. How are you? Good. I'm doing good. I'm trying to Google stuff as I'm also trying to record things. It's going really well. Um, Guys, weather update. It's warm in Cleveland. It is warm. Um, And it's supposed to be for a little while. And then it'll get cold for like one or two days. Then it'll get warmed again. Yeah. It's pretty much how that works. That's, that's how weather works in April. Um, so yeah, uh, today's episode is a conversation I had with young adult author Trisha Levenseller, and I've been sitting on this one for longer than I thought I was going to because we had a bunch of stuff that came up in the middle, but um, she's written two books, Daughter of the Pirate King and Daughter of the Siren Queen. And they're so fun. They're um, it's it was described to me by her publicist, who is a friend of ours. So like she didn't really wasn't worried about like pitching me too heavily. She was just like, um, it's a strong female lady pirate. And I was there like, you go. Good to go. Sold. Yeah, it's so so good. Um, and Trisha, when she wrote her first one, her first book, uh, Daughter of the Pirate King, it was pretty successful. And so to celebrate, her family surprised her and took her on a cruise in the caribbean that was like on a pirate ship what yeah we talk about it a lot um that's amazing and if you go to her website which is trishalevenseller.com like she has pictures of this really cool cruise it's awesome Uh, we definitely bonded over i love pirate things me too so talked a lot about pirates of the caribbean all sorts of stuff also um you know how you, I told you in the past that I would like live vicariously through your playing of Zelda and tweeting about it. Yes. Okay. Can you do me a favor and play Sea of Thieves? And I sure. want to live vicariously. Sure. There's this new video game out called Sea of Thieves, if no one has seen it. And you get to basically be a pirate. And it's like an open world. Yeah, already on it. Yeah, it's like an open world ocean game. Like, I guess people are like not loving it because the game itself is kind of repetitive a little bit. But like the ocean if you you should just look up like trailers for this game the way that they like the dynamics as they created the water it's mind like i it doesn't look like a video game it looks like real world yeah and so everyone's like oh it's kind of repetitive you're just like sailing the whole time on the ocean i'm like yeah i want that video game that would be so soothing <laughs> so if you could play that sure i'll get right on that. i would like to live vicariously through that <laughs> we don't talk about that because the game wasn't out <laughs> when we but i bet trisha would like it <laughs> If she plays video games, I'm projecting on her. Um, if people want to get a hold of us, 
How can they do that? They can find us on Twitter and Instagram at ProBookNerds, and they can email us at ProfessionalBookNerds at Overdrive.com. Yes, they can. Um, anything else you think people should know about? We can tell some bad pirate jokes. I don't have any bad pirate jokes. I don't have any pirate jokes. What's a pirate's favorite letter? Oh, R. You'd think it'd be R, but tis the C. You're welcome. That's like my one. The C. No, I get it. I feel joke. like there should be two answers to that one. Well, that's the joke, is everyone always assumes it's R, and then you say, no, it's says the C, because that's how pirates talk. Ending with a bang. Okay, all right. <laughs> Listen, guys. Trisha's a much better writer than I am a joke teller, so you'll very much enjoy her books. And I hope you guys enjoy this very fun pirate-themed conversation with Trisha on the Professional Book Nerds Podcast. Hi everyone, it's Adam again from Team Overdrive, and I'm super, super excited today to talk to Trisha Levenseller, who is the author of Daughter of the Pirate King and its sequel, Daughter of the Siren Queen, which are now available. Uh, she is from a small town in Oregon, but she now lives next to the Rocky Mountains in Utah with her bossy dog, Rosie, which we may hear in the background today. She's <laughs> received her degree in English Language and Editing, and she's thrilled that she never has to read a textbook again. Trisha, these books are so much fun. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. All right. So can you get us started for our listeners, maybe give them a quick introduction to your books, and then I will start talking about how in love I am with them. (laughs) Okay. Absolutely. So Daughter of the Pirate King is about a 17-year-old female pirate captain who gets herself kidnapped by enemy pirates on purpose so she can steal a treasure map from off their ship. So it's a high-seas action adventure with a little bit of romance thrown into the mix and a little bit of fantasy as well. It's uh, You've done that a few times, by the way. That was like a perfect elevator pitch. <laughs> I may have said that a few times. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's Like I said, it, it is like from page one, it is an absolute blast. It's right in my wheelhouse of, uh, I have always loved pirates, but I want to ask you, why did you decide to write about pirates? I'm all for it, but I'm curious from your end as an author. Oh, absolutely. So Pirates of the Caribbean came out when I was in high school, and I saw that for the first time, and I just remember my mind being blown. I had never seen a pirate movie like that before. I'd never seen pirates combined with fantasy, which I think is something that Pirates of the Caribbean does so well. Um, so I saw that, and I was an avid reader, so I was like, oh my gosh, there's got to be something like this in book form, right? So I went to my local bookstore and started looking on the young adult shelves, and I was absolutely shocked to find that there were, like, no pirate stories. <laughs> um, and there were especially, like, like, there were a couple, but lots of them were geared more toward, like, the middle grade age, um, and there was certainly none about lady pirates. Uh, so later, when I got into writing, something that I really wanted to do was to fill this gap in the market. 
you're absolutely right about the Pirates of the Caribbean book, I, or movies. I feel like we might be pretty close in age because I think that's when they came out for me too. Um, oh yeah. <laughs> and I, I always remember like even in college, my roommates and I like we would play the the soundtrack on a loop. Like oh that's my gosh, it's one of the best soundtracks. Yeah, just like that song that's constantly playing when Jack Sparrow and Will Turner are like fighting in the first one, and it's like. Oh, yeah. Th- yeah, we we constantly listen to that. I I completely agree with you that I was when I saw the books when your publisher sent it to me. I was really hoping. I was like, okay, I wonder if this is gonna be kind of like the whole action packed like from the very beginning. And I just love, 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 love your main character. It's is it Alosa? Is that how it's pronounced? Yes, Alosa. Mm-hmm. Okay, so she is such a awesome like just I love strong female characters in general, but it's. I, I hesitate to almost just call her that because I feel like that is becoming a stereotype in and of itself. But she right. has all of these amazing qualities of not just like, oh, strong female or strong male, just a strong human. So what went into building her out as a character? So um, oh, I obviously drew a little bit of inspiration from Jackson Sparrow <laughs> because he was like my hero, right? Mm-hmm. I loved how funny he was, but also super witty. Like they downplayed a little bit by trying to make him seem like an idiot at times, but he's really brilliant, you know? And it's because he like hides that brilliance from all the other characters that he's always able to surprise them. And so I kind of loved that idea of somebody being brilliant, but maybe pretending that they weren't. And so I have Alosa, who's kidnapped and pretending to be a helpless prisoner, but she's obviously not, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and that that just kind of came, I don't know, naturally while I was writing it. I also drew a little bit of inspiration from Michelle Mead's Vampire Academy. Have you ever read that series? I have not, but my wife has. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, her main character, Rose Hathaway, is this total, like, punch-first, ask-questions-later type of character. She was just sassy and snarky and didn't care what anyone else thought, and I just loved that and the way um, that read on the page. So I kind of combined my love for Rose Hathaway and Jack Sparrow and made this pirate lady. Oh, she's so good. I I love her so much. I actually, I told you before we started recording, your books are a duology, and I was, like, heartbroken yes. when I saw that there's <laughs> two of them and not, like, three or nine or 15 of them, but... Uh, <laughs> well, someday I hope they'll let me do some spin-offs with other characters in the world. Oh, we'll and there's so many, there's so many good characters. Every single one of them that you create, they each have their own, like, little world where I want to know more about them, and... Which I guess is you're supposed oh, to leave you. you're supposed to leave readers I guess wanting more so I suppose you did the right, right thing there. Um, something I'm curious about because while, like you said, it you, you took inspiration from Pirates of the Caribbean, but there's a lot of actual like sailing like knowledge and information in here. So ah. did you know this type of stuff ahead of time, or what was your research process like? No, I knew nothing about sailing or ships or what they were called or anything. Um, I had to research my little tail off to kind of learn more about it. Um, my dad's a woodworker, and he, like, built a sailboat. So oh. I was able to ask him some like some questions like, what's that part called and what's this part called, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but for the most part, I had to uh, just use Mr. Google and just <laughs> Google the snot out of all the terms and what they call this and what they call that. And uh, last year I had um, a really fun experience of going to the Bahamas and being on a ship, Mm -hmm. like not a cruise ship, but like an actual ship. It's a, oh gosh, I can't remember the name of the ship. Oh, I'm losing my credibility. Anyway, (laughs) I was on an actual ship um, and I got to listen 
of the crew talk to each other and the way, and, you know, how they communicated and what they called the different parts of the ship. I got to help raise the sails and things like that. So oh. um, I was able to put in a little bit of that by the time Siren Queen came out. It missed it for Pirate King because I didn't get to go on until after that book released. But um, so I did get a tiny bit of hands-on experience as well, but it mostly did come from whatever I could find on the internet. I will admit that my question was a little leading because I saw the pictures from your website. Oh, <laughs> Oh, I, so I, I've actually been, I've been to the Bahamas. Um, I've been to Nassau a couple of times with my family and I feel like I like adopt this island lifestyle when I am at a place like that. In fact, my wife literally, like she created a, like an alter ego for me when we're on an island called Kai. Cause and she's just like, you are the worst when you're on the island. Like I turned into one of those people who acts like I live on an island my entire life. But I saw all these pictures and I wanted to know everything. So like, how did you find this basically pirate cruise? Oh my gosh. Um, so it's called, oh my gosh, I'm going to forget the name of it too. So my, my aunt actually set it up. It was their present to me for getting my first book published. And they're like, we're going to take you on this cruise to the Bahamas. But it's not a regular cruise. Like there were only... 24 passengers and like eight crew members so it's super small you're on a small ship you're in small bunks like you're living like a like a pirate um i will have to find the actual name of the cruise and get it back to you later yeah but um if you just google like small ship cruises in the bahamas like you should be able to find it Mm -hmm. um but my aunt set it all up and it's really cool because the the captain and the crew like they plan everything out for you so they know the best spot to snorkel they know the best like island spots they know the best places for everything and they actually took us to a sunken ship a real legit sunken ship where we got to snorkel and see all the sea life and it was probably the best part of the entire trip was just getting to see all these fish and like the swarm of barracuda like watching over all the all the fish below and like oh it was just incredible oh that is so i i was looking at that i i literally was showing my coworkers. I was like, you guys need to see what this lady got to actually do. It just sounds like so much fun. Was it like a week long? Yeah, it was a week long. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And they take care of all your food and everything. So it's not like you're not going to get like luxury showers and toilets and everything. But if you want to experience the Bahamas, like I highly recommend it. Oh, I love the Bahamas. So we, I actually would love someday just to retire there and run like a little oh, beachside shack. I, you know how some vacations you're done and you're like, oh, I'm so ready to be back home. That that was not the case with me. I was like, can I just stay here like forever and just be on the ship? Yeah, like, I, like I said, so good. oh yeah, like I said, if my wife didn't hate the island version of me, I feel like I would have never come back. <laughs> Yes, maybe not in your career. <laughs> <laughs> um, so something I'm really curious about, what was the biggest challenge for you when it comes to creating a world that you're surrounding a concept that obviously existed in real life with pirates and, and of obviously in pop culture, especially with the movies. And I wouldn't say that it's probably the same as like creating a traditional fantasy world, but because there's so much fantasy in this what was it like building out this world and then like the character traits that each of your you know your main characters had uh-huh um oh man okay so I initially started with the idea that I I wanted to put fantasy in this book and I knew it um the first but the first obstacle I had to come up with was um 
I needed a world where it would make sense for there to be a pirate monarchy and a land monarchy <laughs> in order to have these, like, to balance that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so I had to come up with, okay, so what if there's a country and it's just made up of tons of little islands? So I have a country that's totally dependent on sea travel, right? Mm-hmm. So whoever owns the sea, like, owns the economy and what goes where and everything. So it was basically a matter of how can I make this work, believably. <laughs> so I just had to keep asking myself questions and finally figure out what the best way to, to construct the world. So I guess I constructed the world based on the plot I'd already come up with, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, and then I knew I wanted to put fantasy in the book. Fantasy is my favorite genre to read. Um, so at first I was like, okay, what can I put in this book that would fit well with this plot of a girl getting kidnapped by pirates um, to make it, um, to just give it more flavor, right? And at first I was like, okay, mermaids have been done, the kraken's been done, all these things have been done. What's something that I haven't seen done very often? And then it hit me, siren. Mm-hmm. Um, have you ever seen DreamWorks Sinbad? Oh, man. I don't think I have. Isn't that is that like okay. very old? Uh, you have some you have some homework. Okay. You need to go see Sinbad. Um, it is it is an animated kids show, but it is honestly my favorite animated show of all time. Uh, Brad Pitt is in it. What? Sinbad. Yes. Oh yes, it's fabulous. Um, and Catherine Zeta Jones is the female lead. Oh my god. Um, yeah, I know it's fabulous. Um, anyway, there's a little tiny scene with sirens in it, and it's just it's just very very brief. Um, but they're they're sailing on the ship, and there's all these dudes make up the crew, right? And mm-hmm. then you've got this one girl and the dog sidekick, okay? <laughs> and all the men are under the siren spell except for the girl and the dog. <laughs> and so they're like hurrying and trying to like tie up all the guys to like the mast and like get them from going in the water. And at the same time, she's trying to steer the ship so that they don't crash into rocks and. I just really like that concept and that idea, and it went really well with this idea of a whole crew of lady pirates. They're the ones that are going to be the best against sirens because they're going to be immune to that song. So um, it just kind of ended up fitting in, and I decided that would be the best way to do that. Okay, was that a movie or a TV show? It's a movie. Okay, okay. I was that's yeah. what, At first I thought you said it may, might have been a TV show, and I was like, wait, Brad Pitt oh. and Catherine Zeta-Jones in a TV show that I never heard of? No, oh. no, no, sorry, just a movie. <laughs> that's okay. Um, so were you, before the Pirates movie, like the Pirates of the Caribbean movies, did you always, like, were you always kind of fascinated by that? Because there was, I mean, before that, and what I'm assuming is both of our childhoods now get, guessing ages, I... You know, there was like there was Hook, and there was like the cartoon Peter Pan, and things like that. So, were you always kind of interested yes. in this? So, I loved like Hook, right? Mm-hmm. Along with uh, Robin Williams, yep, and um, Disney's Peter Pan. So, I really enjoyed those. But you kind of only see one side of pirates in that in those versions. They're kind of they're not very intelligent usually. <laughs> um, they're all kind of they're not all cool. They're they're complicated characters, but you kind of only see one side of pirates. Mm-hmm. Pirates of the Caribbean is what made me see, like, oh, my gosh, there's, like, this diverse cast of pirates, and they're all, like, so morally ambiguous, and they all have their own goals and everything. Um, and so that kind of opened my mind to, like, pirates are people, and you can do more with them than just have them be the bad guys. Um, so before Pirates, I think I was a little more closed-minded, and I think Pirates of the Caribbean is what really just made me see the possibilities there. I hope your publishers are preparing t-shirts that say Pirates are People, because I would buy one of those. <laughs> pirates are People, too. <laughs> That's right. Oh, that would be so great. Make a hashtag for it. Um, yeah. So something else that I noticed somewhat aligning with the Pirates movies is that you 
create these situations for Alosa and her crew that are seemingly impossible odds to overcome. And I'm curious from a writing standpoint, when you were creating those scenes, were you, would you purposely write yourself kind of into a corner and then try to figure out a way to work it out? Or did you know what you were going to do ahead of time? This is a terribly worded way to ask if you're a planner or a pantser, I guess. No, no, that's fine. Um, So I am a plotter in the sense that I do a chapter by chapter outline and I'm like, this is what's going to happen in this chapter. This is what's going to happen in this chapter. But, like, my outline, um, I'm assuming you're referring to the sea battle in Siren Queen. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. Okay. <laughs> but, like, my entire outline for that was sea battle here. <laughs> so once I got to that, it was like, okay, so awesome things need to happen here. Situation needs to be dire, and I need to figure out a way to get out of it. So I do tend to work myself into corners once I get to the actual chapter. Mm-hmm. Um, and that did happen there. I was like, oh, my gosh, what am I doing how am I going to do this? Um, but eventually, uh, Alosa just takes over. And she's like, no, I got this. And um, she just reminds me what she can and can't do. And I just have to play to her strengths. And that's how I get out of those. Oh, man. She super does take over. You're absolutely right. Um, yeah. I'm just imagining, like, you're having, like, um, a whiteboard where it says exactly, like, epic ship battle here. Like, that... That's exactly what it says. Epic chick battle here. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's so fun. That reminds me of, um, <laughs> I saw Lin-Manuel Miranda when he was talking about creating Hamilton. He actually, oh, yeah. like, tweeted out when, um, I don't know how familiar you are with Hamilton, but I feel like everyone in the world is at this point. Um, right. There's a part when Thomas Jefferson's character, I think, I can't remember who it is, but someone has a ridiculously elaborate rap, and he just wrote in his, like, uh, in his whole, like, outline, it just wrote ridiculously elaborate rap here and I was like that just <laughs> so if that reminded me of that and you're just like yeah I, I'll figure it out when I get there yep uh and a lot of authors do that we hate ourselves for it but you know we we like to um set goals for ourselves and think oh we'll, we'll worry about that when we get to it and then we get back to it and then we curse our former selves for it well I, I think though I think readers appreciate that because I like if I'm sitting there and I'm reading a scene in your book, which I very much was, and I'm like, how is this going to be resolved? Like, I feel like if, if as the author, you're writing that scene and you're like, crap, how is this going to get resolved? Like, then it's much less likely that I, as a reader, am going to kind of figure out what happens ahead of time, which is way more rewarding. So I, as much as you probably hate yourself in the moment, it, you know, (laughs) it, it, it plays out really well as a reader. So I was on board. In that case, you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I don't know how much of this you can talk about, but I saw that it got announced. So I'm going to ask anyway. You're also okay. working on some more stories about another historical group that I happen to be obsessed with. Is that correct? That is correct. I can talk about that. By all means, go for it. Okay, so I have a Viking-inspired fantasy coming out in 2019, <sighs> hopefully in February. Um, It's called Warrior of the Wild, and it is about a uh, female warrior, a teen warrior, who fails her coming-of-age test and, as a result, is banished from her village, and she has to survive the monster-filled wild long enough to kill her village's oppressive deity. That is the task they have set her if she ever wants to return home. So she has to kill a god. 
I when I was one of those things where I came up with the idea and then I was like, crap, how do you kill a god? (laughs) (laughs) I like I literally I I audibly squeed when I read the description of those books. Yeah. I and then I got sad because February of next year is a year from now and I was super salty about that. But that sounds amazing. (laughs) So is are have you always kind of loved Vikings as well as as well as pirates? I know that they're kind of having a, a moment in the zeitgeist right now. Right? Um, well, I saw the TV series Vikings. Yes. Are you familiar with it? Oh, very much so. Oh, yes. And I love it. Um, you know, I really do love that series, but I feel like um, it's very much plot-heavy and a little less character-heavy. Mm-hmm. Um, it has a hard time, like, kind of showing how characters get to certain points. They all of a sudden, like, grow, and bam, they're here. Yes. So while I love the, I love the aesthetics, all the clothing and everything, I love... The dialogue and the characters are great, but I kind of wanted something that was, once again, a little more female-centered and maybe showed a little bit more growth and development for the characters. Um, But I have always been fascinated by the idea of Vikings. Um, This one is going to be entirely landlocked. It is not going to be Vikings sailing on ships, I'm afraid, but (laughs) that's just what the story called for. Um, But, but yeah, um, I think... I don't know. Maybe I'm just a very visual person. I see these shows and things. I'm like, oh, that's so cool. But what if they did this? And what if there were girls? So, uh, oh, yeah. as, no. For, well, first off, that's absolutely the right way to do it because I feel like you can <laughs> find wonderful ideas from something else. That, you know, there are like no new ideas in the world. So if you find a, oh, something you you love, but I'm curious. I'm assuming you're probably gonna have a few less braids and eyeshadow because there's so much, so many braids and eyeshadow in oh, the TV yeah. show. Much less eyeshadow. <laughs> That's I w- we'll be watching it sometimes, and like it'll be in the middle of an episode, and my wife will just be like, "All right, I know this isn't an important part to the plot, but I can't focus because her hair looks so fierce right now. When did she have time to do that?" I'm like, "It's a TV yeah, show." Right. You uh, have to have like ten people working on her hair at once. Yeah, it's the like, same. It's yeah. It's the same thing with like Game of Thrones. Like with like Danny's yes. hair. hair is always like buck wild, and it's just like there's no way that you had time to do that. Uh, my favorite is looking at, like, the guy characters, like, Rolo and Ragnar, and yeah. being like, can you just imagine them standing in front of the mirror braiding their own hair? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Or, like, um, when uh, Floki has his, uh, like, when he does his eye, like, his eye makeup. I'm just like, you're just, yes. there's, the, those scenes do kind of take you out of the, the show. Where you're just like, picture a moment when he's just sitting there putting on the most eyeshadow <laughs> in the world. Putting on his, yes. Putting on his coal. Oh, <laughs> so good. Um, okay, so other than your own books, of course, what are you kind of most excited right now about in young adult literature? Oh, my gosh. Do you want, like, specific authors and titles that I'm looking forward to? Sure. Okay. Um, so I'm a huge fan of, obviously, fantasy. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, like, Sarah J. Moss and um, Lee Bardugo, obviously. Um, I'm really excited for Lee's upcoming um adult fantasy that she's got coming up. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm super excited for um, Moss's next uh, Court of Thorns and Roses book, as well as her Catwoman. I think that's just going to be fabulous. Yes. They couldn't have chosen a better author to do Catwoman. Oh, it's going to be, be amazing. so good. <laughs> yes. Um, I just finished the last book in Ray Carson's latest trilogy. She's the uh, Girl of Fire and Thorns author. Mm-hmm. And I'm hoping we'll get an announcement from her soon about what she's working on next because she's just one of my all-time favorites. Um, I'm also a huge fan of Robin LeFevers, who wrote um, His Fair Assassins, mm-hmm. uh, that trilogy. 
with the uh, assassin nuns in medieval France, yes. which is just the best pitch ever. Oh my gosh, <laughs> uh, solid gold for that one. Um, uh, yeah, I'm just I'm just really excited about all the new voices in YA fantasy and all the new concepts and ideas that are coming forth, and I just can't read them fast enough. I have a goal to read a book a week this year, and I'm doing good so far, and I hope I can keep up with that. That is actually kind of my goal. So I'd, in addition to reading, I also listen to a bunch of audiobooks, so I'm trying to do an audiobook oh, yeah. a week, which is helping me pour through when you were talking about some of the ones you love though i'm i I have a recommendation for you and people that listen are gonna be annoyed because i've already talked about this like four times but um frostblood is the first book of three by i think her name's ellie blake e-l-l-y oh she blurred siren queen actually did she really (laughs) did i not even see that on the back oh i must have been so excited to rip it open So, yes, I have read Frostblood. I love that one, and I love Ellie. She's absolutely wonderful. Yeah, I I poured through that and Fireblood in, like, a week because I thought the third one was coming out really soon, and then I realized it wasn't until June. And then you're like, no! Yeah, my heart died a little bit, but, yeah. YA fantasy is very much, that's that's my jam, so I'm right there with you, or Kindred Spirits. Yeah, I love it. Um, oh, I just thought of another one. Um, Tahara Mafi's, um next book in her Shadow Me series is also coming out next month, and I'm super excited for that. Yes, I cannot wait for that. And then also, I feel like oh everyone God. in the world is talking about it, but um, Tomi Adeyemi's Children of Blood and Bone is coming out in oh, a couple yes. weeks. yes. I just saw her tweet, like, that she has posters of that on, like, Hollywood Boulevard, and it's like, all right, give what, this is, this is ridiculous. Oh, my God. Yeah, I'm very jealous. Author goals right there. That's right. Dang. All right, so towards <laughs> the end of our podcast, we like to ask nine kind of lighthearted, rapid-fire questions. Not that anything else I've asked you has been super, super heavy, but we call these the nerd yeah. nine. Um, so the first one is, what's the last book you finished reading? Uh, oh, gosh. What was the last book I finished reading? I Oh, it's the Ray Carson book, so it was Into the Bright Unknown. Nice. Uh, do you have a favorite place to read? Uh, in my bed. I thought you were going to go with pirate ship, and I was going to just giggle for uh, hours. I would get seasick if I tried reading <laughs> while being on a rocking ship, probably. <laughs> uh, what book made you fall in love with reading? Um, oh, that would be Tamara Pierce's Song of the Lioness Quartet. <sighs> she rules. Um, <laughs> what is one place you'd like to travel that you have not yet been to? Oh, my gosh. Um, I would actually really like to go to New Zealand. I watch Lord of the Rings, and I'm like, all this scenery is gorgeous. Mm-hmm. I want to see it all in real life. Yeah. Uh, do you have a favorite holiday to celebrate? Christmas. Nice. Are you a coffee person or a tea person? I'm a tea person. And then I think I know the answer to this one, because we talked about it earlier, but cats or dogs? Dogs. That's, that's, see, I have a, a co-host who is not here right now, and she's a cat person, and I'm a dog person, so this is like our eternal uh, struggle. So I'm glad you made yes, the right, you picked yes. the right one. Uh, I'm not going to get it in the way of the friendship. Exactly. Furry babies are furry babies. That's fair enough. Um, do, you have, <laughs> do you have a favorite food? Um, chicken enchiladas. Ooh, nice. And then if you could have dinner with one person, alive or dead, who would you choose? J.K. Rowling. Oh, that's such a good answer. Okay, last question for you. Uh, what do you hope okay. readers take away from reading your books? Uh, that girls can do anything. Oh, that is perfect. Trisha, thank you so much for joining us today. Absolutely. Thank you so much. This was so much fun. 
Readers can sample and borrow the titles mentioned in today's episode from Overdrive.com, and our library friends can add these titles to their collections and marketplace. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply.